Hello, you are listening to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our brand new Portland studio apartment in Portland, Oregon, <laughs> is my beautiful wife, Sarah. Hello. We just made our cross-country, crunchy, <laughs> cross-country road trip Yeah. all the way from New York City to Portland, Oregon, taking the long way around. Yes. Taking the long cut. Mm-hmm. The long cut. Um, to Portland, uh, we spent like 26 days Yes, getting here. We've been here for a week. Um, and so in this episode, we're going to talk about the travels, talk about that 26 days, um, and a little update of just what all we did, what we think about travel, um, is a little bit different than a normal episode of Deeply Curious because this is going to be more, uh, kind of update and just talking about travel and things there's not a specific like uh existential or philosophical question that we're uh talking about or debating or anything like that so if that's what you're into uh check out another episode but for those of you who want to hear about the trip and just uh i don't know where what we're gonna end up talking about but that's what this is gonna be yep but before we jump into the episode i just want to say that deeply curious is produced by christian b schmidt and is associate produced by maddie lane greg and christy jensen and greg stratton with additional support from the staff and crew members over at the jensen av club with a special shout out to dylan seeger who just joined us as a staff member yay if you uh, want to learn more how you can support this show and get access to exclusive content head over to jensenav.club. Uh, Jensen AV Club is our Patreon page. If you've heard of Patreon, that's what it is. Um, we just call it the Jensen AV Club. And you can we're check it nerds. out. Yes. <laughs> and you can check it out by going to jensenav.club. Link is also in the show notes. So we started our journey on June 15th. Yes. We... Uh, my parents, they drove from Oklahoma mm -hmm. to New York City in uh, two days, less than two days, really. Yeah. And showed up on June 14th at 5.45 p.m. And uh, and then you and your dad decided we should load the car that night or the trailer. Yeah, we were like, I mean, you're already here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's start loading. So then we started loading and we got almost everything into the trailer. Um, that night, yeah, which we were uh, exhausted, and we were like, Man, "Well, we have all the time in the world tomorrow. We could just do it tomorrow." And then the next day happened, and we yeah. started loading the rest of it that morning. And we were like, "I am so glad that we did this last night because right. it is stupid hot." I, yes, and even after loading all of that, the majority of it the night before, we didn't leave New York City until like three p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's like, well, there went our whole day. <laughs> yep. So uh, we loaded up the trailer, got it all packed in, yep. and then we drove four hours, uh, the shortest drive of the trip, mm -hmm. um, to Washington, D.C. Yes. A.K.A. the capital of America. <laughs> so we decided yeah. to go to Washington, D.C. Um, because my parents have actually wanted to do a family like trip to Washington since we moved to New York two mm -hmm. years ago and we never really made it happen. So whenever we decided to do the road trip and we invited my parents to go on the road trip, we're like, well, let's just go to DC first and we'll kind of like put the, you know, wrap up the, the family, like mm -hmm. kind of vacay in Washington, uh, into the same thing. So we went there for three days first and initial thoughts are, wow. Yes. I really loved DC. I think a lot more than I expected to. I expected it just to basically be like the political side of New York City. Like I thought that's how it was going to feel. But it, it felt a lot cleaner than that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like I'm sure living there, you kind of get the feel of politics more. But I didn't feel that initially, which surprised me. And then also it was just a lot cleaner and like, more chill than I expected. Yeah. Uh, it, it was definitely more chill. Um, and I didn't expect it to be so clean, which, I mean, we didn't, granted, 
mm-hmm. we only explored the, uh, the you know the, the national mall right and three days like, is not a lot in yeah. dc we spent three days but it was almost spent in the exact same area up mm-hmm. and down the mall and only straying like maybe two miles uh you know to each side of it right so in one particular we had area way too many museums we wanted to look yes, at <laughs> but it was it was really nice and so we actually just posted yesterday um our dc video mm-hmm. recap film documentary yeah vlog um and so if you want to see everything we did yeah uh, you can go over to our youtube channel and check out the film yes um but some things that i'll reiterate here on the podcast is i love the architecture of dc yeah it was so good i wasn't expecting to love it because i was expecting essentially just all of the roman style architecture that we copy for our municipal buildings to mm-hmm. make them look regal mm-hmm. um and i while i appreciate you know roman architecture uh you see a lot of it mm-hmm. and so it's you know basically every major cities municipal buildings are all in that style so seeing the capitol building or seeing the white house is just seeing another version of that yeah um they just have more significance because the higher uh governmental agencies house there Mm -hmm. um but they were still nice but what really i did not expect and what got me was all of the out of the box architecture especially from the smithsonian museums up and down the national mall Mm -hmm. the First one we went to was the Hirschhorn um, Museum of Modern or Contemporary Art. I can't remember which one it is. Um, and the architecture, while not as flashy right. as many of the others, was so good. Right, because it was very circular, round, whatever you want to call it. Exactly circular, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, I just mean like most buildings are squares, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was very circular, which is... It just had like a nice feel to it. Yeah. It was definitely uh, in the brutalist category uh-huh. of just, you know, stark concrete, um, which matched the DC metro system, which was- I loved the metro system. Again, we only were on a couple lines, you know, within the center of town, but the DC metro was uh, one, architecturally so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And- it's so much nicer and cleaner looking than New York City. And I don't know if that's because of they actually have uh, the ability to keep it nicer and cleaner or if it was the way it was designed right. gives it the illusion mm-hmm. of being, you know, basically the being maintained better. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also the concrete, brutalist, nice kind of shapes and lines. And uh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, me neither. Very nice. Secondly, the new trains, the uh, the seven series trains, like they like to announce at every stop. Um, whoa! Yeah, they were incredible. I was like, I know that this style of train was one of the ones that New York City was um, kind of looking at. That mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they rejected. What? Why did you reject it? Because they're really nice. So nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the metro so, system in DC versus New York is crazy different. Yes, and it with with a tourist perspective, correct, so much nicer. Yes, um, I it was so much easier to navigate. Mm-hmm. Anyways, every place I've been with a metro system so far uh, has been better than New York City. So, but to be fair, New York has well, no. London is very extensive. Yeah. I was going to say New York is obviously more extensive. Right. And it is. Yes. I mean, it takes a lot of people to a lot of different places every single day. But yeah, it's just not good. I have a lot of love for the NYC metro system. Yeah. Um, because it got me everywhere I wanted to go in a semi-timely matter. Yes. Um, so, you know, there's that. But then just the uh, feeling, the aesthetics, the... Um, experience of being there yes um the aesthetics and the experience could be better (laughs) (laughs) is an understatement so moving on the hirschhorn whoa very nice architecture but then you've got the uh african-american i think there's more words in between here art museum um Mm -hmm. that building phenomenal Um, really great it not only just looks 
uh, visually appealing. It's interesting. It kind of is a showcase and it, it really like catches your eye off of the mall. Um, but then it also encapsulates kind of the feeling of kind of an African art like mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. It, it like what is being housed in the building is portrayed through the architecture itself. Yeah. It kind of has, uh, I mean, not fully like Black Panther. Um, but it was like, gold and black. Yeah, just it just kind of had a little bit of that, you know, feel to me. Um, yeah. And obviously, it was there before Black Panther, so Black Panther maybe have taken you know their uh, inspiration from that. But the the building itself, what well, I loved, and then inside yeah. the building they had this thing. I can't remember what it was called. Some sort of like reflecting it, room. I was gonna say contemplation. Contemplation room. Something. something. Uh, just this large room yeah with four large benches in it with a giant circle hole in the ceiling with water mm-hmm. raining down through the circle into a pool at the bottom and it just make and it just vibrates uh, just like a rain like, room yeah just like ricochets what do you call that Re- reverberates off of uh yes. all the walls the each wall has a different quote from a different um african-american um i guess activist or mm-hmm. uh hero you know icon icon um yeah. and so the quotes are really nice but then just sitting there with the sound it was really good real good yeah dc was on all accounts surprising mm-hmm. i think for me yeah but then from dc we went to nashville which was like seven hours i think or eight hours mm-hmm. something like that and nashville was the opposite i <laughs> hashtag truth (laughs) not to be mean to nashville but i had high expectations um just because of everything that i've heard about nashville and like everybody's talked about how like free nashville feels and like i don't know they just i've just heard so many things and i just thought they were wrong i think (laughs) i mean (laughs) we've had like a half a dozen friends who have moved there at one point or time. Yes. And then like, I mean. I mean, outside of that. Outside of that, all of the people that went to visit those people or spend a lot of time in Nashville have also had like good things, you know, to say. Exactly. And like, it is portrayed as like, you know, the music capital and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, it seems like it has a good vibe, but I just didn't love it. I was like, hmm, two days is enough. Yeah. (laughs) Um, to all those who are living in Nashville currently. They're going to hate us. <laughs> uh, you know, n- no offense to you. To each their own. Yeah, so this is a... You live where you love, you know? Yeah, if you if you love it, I love that you love it. Um, I was just I genuinely not. shocked because I thought I was going to absolutely love it. And I just didn't. Architecturally. Boring. Barf. <laughs> the, like, the major buildings that were downtown... Um, yeah. As far as like quote unquote skyscraper buildings, right? Um, were all built in the late '80s to early '90s, and they look it. Yeah, like the skyline was not great. Not a good skyline. The buildings were so uninspired. Also, I just have to throw it out there: it was freaking hot. Yeah. And it's you know swampy and in the south, and like, ugh, that made it worse. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um. But then just, I don't know, Sarah made an astute observation about (laughs) uh, Nashville when we left. And it it rings true in in the fact that we always thought that in Oklahoma we lived in the South. Yeah, I would always say like it's basically the South. Like the people's um, like Midwestern and Southern hospitality and food and, you know, beliefs and whatever are all very similar. So I just sort of was like, hey, yeah, it's basically the South. And then we were in the South and I was like, they're not even close to the same thing. No. <laughs> there was like a very visceral feeling of I'm in the South. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Oklahoma is country for yes. sure. But I didn't, I guess I never realized, you know, we all know America has a ton of different cultures yes. like 
you know, uh, I, Trevor Noah, you know, I've heard him say a couple of times that, um, the United States is 50 different countries just pretending to be one. Exactly. Um, and it is very true. Every state has its own culture. Every, you know, kind of quadrant of mm-hmm. the states, uh, America has kind of its own tonal feeling and things, but I never really realized the, that there, the differences in like a Midwestern kind of culture yeah um with oklahoma because with with as as country as it is right it's still not the south right and i don't even know if i can really articulate yeah it's just a feeling what it is um i mean i can articulate this i saw significantly more confederate flags in the south than i do in oklahoma i see some in oklahoma you right know, uh, uh, every once in a while you may see one right um it wasn't hard to find correct in nashville yes and confederate statues yes and things like that which i'm not saying that's indicative of everyone or you know whatever but like nashville is a pretty progressive city and it just, I, it, you, you just feel it. <laughs> you just, got yourself one of those lenses that constitutes as an invasion of privacy. Exactly. So we were looking at a Confederate statue. Um, we didn't realize what we were looking at, at the in the we moment. Were we were reading like, the plaque. We were in downtown Franklin, Tennessee. And we were like, hey, look, let's go to that little center thing and look at whatever that is. So we're like looking at it. And um, so it, it's a, a statue to the Confederate Army. And uh, I'm filming and I have my large camera out um, uh, comparatively. And that a guy came up to us and said that exact phrase, that's the exact mm-hmm. thing of just, that's how we started the conversation of, you got yourself one of those lenses that constitutes as an invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, okay. huh, <laughs> how do I respond? Um, but then uh, we could just, you know, went about our way and we're filming the the, the surroundings and things. And um, I did film a lot of this. So this will uh, I have video evidence to back up my impersonation <laughs> is spot on. Um, so we were looking at the statue and then uh, he comes up and he's like, you know why they call him Chip? Meaning the guy uh, on the statue. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope. He's like, because whenever the daughters of the Confederate were putting that statue up at the inauguration or whatever, um, the statue, it fell over and it chipped a piece of his hat off. And so now all of us just call him Chip. Mm-hmm. And we're like, OK, this is amusing. This is funny. Um, like, you know, the Southern guy talking to us about the statue. But then and then he went in on without uh, us really saying anything. <laughs> he just um it just continued to tell us that, well, I'll tell you what, if if they want to take this statue down, mm-hmm. it's going to get it's going to have to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, because they want to take all these, you know, statues down because for it to be politically correct or whatever. And I uh, mean, I know you can't say some of this stuff, but if they want to take this statue down, have to go all the way to Supreme Court, because my question is, who actually owns this land? Is it the people who own the deed to the land? Or is it the people who take care of the land? And because in my opinion, it's the people who own the land and have the deed. And that is the Daughters of the Confederacy. They just gave the uh, state, the city, the right to take care of it. So the city can't decide. It has to be the Daughters of the Confederacy that decide. So if they want to take this down, it's going all the way to Supreme Court. Yeah, it was definitely like, it got awkward. (laughs) We also talked about some other stuff with him, but uh, I'll save it so you can actually hear him say it. In the video. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much is actually going to go in the video, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was quite an experience. It was. First day in Tennessee. And I was like, oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> One part that probably won't be in the video is he was talking to us about this photo um, of how they're, he was like, you know, you're a photographer, so you probably appreciate this. Over here in the <laughs> in the museum of the archive of, of Franklin, Tennessee, there is a photo of the the them putting this statue up and it's taken up it's taken from the the roof of the bank that's right behind you and you can just see the whole square with all the people out here and in mm-hmm. the, the statue going up and i bet you if you talk to that bank and you let and they get and you get permission for you to go up on that that uh roof of there and you recreate this photo I bet you you would have an award-winning photo there. You'd have yourself a piece of history. Mm-hmm. 
And then he went on to tell us about um, some of the things that were in the original photo. See that statue mm -hmm. right, right oh, there? Okay, yep. yeah. It's on top of that bank building. There's the old courthouse right over, mm -hmm. over there. And uh, if you blow the picture up, you can see all the old confeds all around there with their horses. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and they've even got their keepies on, which if you blow it up, you can see them. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, didn't. But uh, mostly it was just like all of it was unsolicited. Yeah. You know? I don't, I literally don't think I said anything. No. I just listened the whole time, like just standing there. Yeah. Just going on and on. And then we were like, okay, have a good day. And then he, right, then right before he walked away though, he was like, hey, you know what? I actually have a picture of that picture on my phone. Can I, do you mind if I, if I show it to you, I could send it to you. I could put, you could put your phone number in my, my phone and I could send it to you. Yeah. And so then he spent a good couple minutes trying to find the picture. Then he finally showed it to us and he sent it to me. I have it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it was quite the experience. Yeah. So Nashville, um, we did have a great time there because we have friends who live there. We had a great time with our friends. We yes. did have a great time going down Broadway and going to the honky tonks. I had no idea there were so many honky tonk bars. Like I knew that was a thing, you know, theoretically. But when you see it in real life at 11 a.m. and every bar is full with live bands, it it's a it's another thing. Yeah, we went to Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll. No, yeah, Kid Rock's big ass rock and roll honky tonk and bar. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this is the most country thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> they had four, maybe even five floors of yeah. uh, bands playing. The major band was down, was on the first two floors open up, and then they had one on uh, three more floors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. There was, I mean, lots of uh, just, it's, it's kind of the, the Vegas of the West. Yeah. Um, That's what no, it felt like. Vegas of the East. Vegas, yeah, Vegas yeah, yeah. is the Vegas of the West. Uh, <laughs> Nashville is the Vegas of the East. That's it, kind of what it felt like. It felt like a novelty place, not somewhere I could actually live, mm -hmm. you know. But then that was fine, whatever. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. Um, then we spent like five days in Oklahoma just chilling with family and doing nothing really <laughs> yeah we didn't even film anything in oklahoma that's not yeah. going to be a video um it was just really great to rest yeah because we hadn't i mean we'd been packing and moving for the last several weeks and then went straight to vacation so it was nice just to sit there yeah i mean because not only were we packing and moving but also we weren't necessarily we weren't like the last couple months in new york were very heavy Right. Just, uh, you know, mentally. And just, they were, it was very draining, very unmotivated. Um, just wasn't feeling like a hundred. Right. And we needed to rest and, uh, you know, just, we needed to get out. We needed to rest. We went straight. Whoa. <laughs> Confederate straight guy. Straight and right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was saying straight and right, but then it came out. In the way that a Mr. Confederacy would have said it. <laughs> Mr. Straight. Confederacy. <laughs> um, so we went straight and right into traveling. Yeah. Um, and like hardcore DC, three days, like hardly sleeping. Is, yeah. Um, and then straight into Nashville, like hardcore. So it was just nice to stop, rest, spend time with family and not do anything. anything. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. And then... Could have actually stayed there longer. Honestly, yes. Yeah. Um, after Oklahoma, we did the Grand Canyon and Arizona mm. and Flagstaff. They're all like together, um, which was really fun. I was really looking forward to the Grand Canyon and it met expectations, maybe even exceeded. Not sure. <laughs> I would say exceeded. It was really pretty. The only thing I have a complaint, but it's not about Grand Canyon. It's about this blog post that I read. Mm -hmm. I think it was The Lonely Planet, but I could be wrong. Anyways, it was about like what hikes to take in the Grand Canyon and all this stuff. And I was like, we're not trying to hike hike, 
you know, we're just trying to like take a nice little stroll away from crowds and, you know, things like that. So it told me of this one and it said, quote unquote, leisure stroll was the description of the hike. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) It was such a lie. I just wore jeans and my Allbirds. So I was like, oh, it's just like a, a path, you know, not that big a deal. Um, and it was oh, maybe the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I was, it was so bad. It was really difficult. It was hot and disgusting. And I was in jeans and all birds, which have no traction. Mm-hmm. And we went how far? Maybe like three fourths of a mile down. Well, that's what's funny is after we were done, we were like, oh man, that was, it had to been like a three mile round trip. <laughs> and then we like get looking and it was literally a mile and a half round trip yeah it was less than a mile down and (laughs) less than a mile back up it was so hard i i thought i was gonna die and i was like either i'm really really out of shape which okay you know probably or (laughs) that blog post lied to me a little bit (laughs) and this is not a leisure stroll the thing i didn't think about is that when you're going down you have to go back up, you know, like that was, mm-hmm. and, and it was really hard to go. There was a lot of switchbacks. It was difficult. I mean, it was probably worth it. I mean, oh yeah, it was definitely in the worth end, it. I would say, yes, it was worth it, but. You forget about the pain. You remember the experience. You got to see the ooh-ah point. Except I was wearing jeans and all birds. Like I just wasn't prepared. So it was a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but think bit. about that squirrel we met. That squirrel was fearless you're correct <laughs> about uh almost all the way down um we were a few hundred yards probably away from to where the uh, not all the way down to the bottom to the ooh point as it was called yes um and w- there was this squirrel that was sitting in the middle of the path eating something mm-hmm. and we were like well look at that squirrel oh it's cute it's take, uh-huh. we'll take a photo right here before it runs away then we like walk up to it. But there were lots of signs warning us not to feed the squirrels because they carry diseases and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we, and we didn't... don't want to have like a Cody Jensen uh, fun run for the cure. Rabies. Race for the yeah. cure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we just like, all right, so now we need to keep walking. And even though this squirrel's in the middle of the path, well, we walk literally right next to it. Didn't even pay attention to us. Yeah. It made us walk around it. <laughs> I mean, it's like the pigeons in New York City yeah. just sat there like, I ain't moving. You move. Mm-hmm. So we just walk by it. And then it proceeds to follow us the, the whole way, rest of the down and would not leave us alone. We were like trying to sit there and take photos. And it, when we would sit down, it would climb a rock and come up right next to us. And It like, almost climbed on your head a couple of times. Yeah. And then we decided to have a cliff bar and uh, rejuvenate from our three-fourths mile walk. <laughs> and uh, it was soon as it heard the rapper. It was terrifying. It was right next to you yeah. and we were sitting down so it wasn't like at my foot it was like at my shoulder on at a rock. your face yes I like, filmed as, it. as soon as i opened the wrapper he was like whoop right there <laughs> just look over hey you got some for me please exactly. please 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 and i was like i'm pretty sure people ignored those warnings yes <laughs> this guy knows what a rapper is <laughs> it was terrifying and then he followed us the whole way up not the whole way but well he kept most, following us. Yeah. yeah, most of the way. Anyways, it was a little terrifying. Yeah, so that, I mean, totally worth it. Yeah. But the actual view from the ooh-ah point was very ooh, very ah. Yes. Um, got some great photos. Yeah. I got some actually really good photos of the squirrel. Yeah, you did. Some um, of my favorites. So. And then we watched the sunset into the Grand Canyon, which was really pretty. Um, And it was wild how hot it was and then immediately how cold it was. That was crazy. Also, um, so that the Grand Canyon, you've seen photos. If you've never been, you've probably seen photos. Mm -hmm. It still can't capture it. No, it really can't. And I I really appreciated um, the setup, I guess, that they have for you to like drive around. Yeah, they did a good job building the Grand Canyon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I just mean like. I what they did with all that dirt. The lookout points that they mm-hmm. set up for people to drive to and whatever. Because I've been thinking about this a lot and I thought about it the majority of the second half of our road trip because it was all nature stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Grand Canyon and then the California coast and all of that stuff about just like how humans tend to ruin nature and beautiful things and like what responsibility we have in preserving nature and like I guess just kind of sacrificing the um, feeling that you get to get about taking a photo of something Mm -hmm. in order to preserve it. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes any sense, but I've just been thinking a lot about like our responsibility as human beings within like travel and tourism and nature and stuff like that. Yeah. And the basically how tourism plus Instagram. Yes. Creates over tourism. Yes. And it ends up ruining things. Yeah. And it makes things where people, they have to restrict access. Mm-hmm. You know, they, um, we just watched uh, the John Oliver episode um, mm-hmm. he did on Everest. Yes. Um, yes. And about how, like, because of money. Yes. And the bragging rights. The bragging rights, you know, the photos um, and all of that and uh, basically how it is now being overclimbed, Yeah. Um, and how you don't even really need to be an adequate climber to do it because you just hire the Sherpas. You just pay the people. And they basically do, do everything you. for you. And the Sherpas say like 95% of people who go on this climb are not actually qualified to right. do it. Um but yeah. they can because, you know, money and, you know. But then it's like, that's how these people make a living. It's how the, I forget which country it was that was right there that gives out all the permits. Um, like mm-hmm. Nepal, I think, and another they, one. Yeah, but one of them like gives out basically unlimited amounts of uh, yeah. permits because it's making them a lot of money. Um, and so like what responsibility do those people and the people going to climb have like right oh it capitalism runs everything oh we're back on that (laughs) (laughs) no i think i think like tourism can be a good thing you know i really do truly think that like bringing light to beautiful things and like you know whatever i i think that it's cool to discover new places in the earth in the world and all of that stuff but like I mean, it is an actual fact that human beings ruin everything, you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, like just too much walking on a certain on grass, like kills it. And like, you know, I, or I don't even know. just and, grass in general, grass is not real. Grass is something that like we manufactured as far as lawns, not right. Grasslands are obviously natural, but right. The idea of a lawn Right. Is all man. And then if you look into like how much energy, how much water, uh-huh. how much everything we use to maintain this thing that we're obsessed with called a lawn. Right. Yeah. It's I insane. Just, it's just, I don't know. It's interesting to think about your responsibility within, because I think travel is a really important part of life and definitely like a big part of my life like it's where I find a lot of meaning is like seeing new things and you know whatever but like what is my responsibility within that not just like what am I sharing with the world that is ultimately you know maybe like bringing more people to it which can be a good or a bad thing depending on how you look at it but like flying is not good for the environment so like I think as a customer, you have a responsibility in the fact that you are using fuel that's just like going into the air, you know, like just just stuff like that that I've been thinking about. Like, I think we do have a responsibility, you know, and like I read this quote recently online that said something along, I don't know exactly, but it was something along the lines of like, isn't it funny that when humans destroy nature, we call it progress but when humans destroy something that human beings built we call it vandalism and i was like um okay yes like that's so true we do like whenever somebody you know ruins a building or tears down a building or whatever it's 
it's devastating. It's vandalism. It's, you know, whatever. But like when we tear down forests to build something, we call it progress. Mm-hmm. And like, I've just been thinking about that a lot in regards to travel. Yeah. This, that reminded me of something off topic, but also fascinating. Um, of just the different viewpoints of, you know, we call it progress versus we call it vandalism of the, how uh, Japan and America view um, nuclear waste um, and mm-hmm. how in America, um, in our popular culture, if somebody falls into a nuclear waste, um, they come out with superpowers and they are superheroes. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, if somebody gets in contact with nuclear waste, they become a monster. Uh-huh. So Godzilla and yep. these other monsters like from nuclear waste. So monsters are created from nuclear power in Japan. Heroes are uh-huh. created from nuclear power in America. It is absolutely amazing when somebody points that out, you know, looks mm-hmm. at something from a different way, how every single bit of America is like teaching us something that we don't even realize is teaching us. Like, and I'm not saying like, oh, Marvel did this on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Marvel was started or, you know, anything like that. It's all propaganda. But like, it just goes to show the American culture. and Like, we view war in a positive light. We are taught to view, you know, war and bad things in a positive light. It's ingrained in our entertainment. That mm-hmm. is insane. You don't even realize it. Yeah. What does Japan have against nuclear weapons? You know, <laughs> what, what did it ever do to them? Yeah, exactly. So anyways, that's how I felt driving around the Grand Canyon, but also Big Sur. Because um, there was a the famous Big Sur photo that everybody takes with the waterfall. Well, we haven't made it to Big Sur yet. No, I'm we just, just left the Grand Canyon. Well, I'm just referencing so I don't have to say it again. Okay. The photo that everybody takes with the waterfall on the beach or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever we were looking at that, I was really thinking like, it's, I love that they don't let people go down there because, well, one, everybody can get a nice photo with no other tourists in the background. Mm -hmm. Nobody's standing under the waterfall, ruining all the photos for you. You know, like it's kind of nice, but then also just to preserve it. Like, cause can you imagine what would happen to that beach if humans were allowed on it? (laughs) Mm-hmm. It would be terrible. So, anyways, I've just had that thought a lot. Yeah, there is a lot of positivity to tourism. Um, one, just for the individual, um, totally, because the individual tourist, the individual person traveling, is gaining one perspective, life mm-hmm. knowledge, um, you know, different experiences. I mean, it's all, the most important of, thing to me. Yeah, all of yeah. those things. Um, plus. Um, that person is also gaining education. Yes. In, uh, you know, not always, but, you know, a bunch of people going to the Grand Canyon can learn about how the Grand Canyon was made and then how how we are preserving it or how we are, you know, whatever. Right. Like everything about it, you know, and education is super important in that. Then also taking that education forth into life and, you know, gaining a the more respect gained mm-hmm. for nature hopefully will lead to uh, more thoughtful decisions in the future. Agreed. Um, so, I mean, I think there, there is definitely like, I would say more good comes out of tourism than bad. Yes. But I think that it is important for all of us to uh, r- remain vigilant, remain cautious about, how we travel um, because of the detrimental effects that we can have for over tourism on nature, but then even also on local economies exactly, and different things like that. Um, I don't, it's hard for me to say like if any one person ever has a responsibility for that, but then also maybe everybody has a responsibility in that. And then what responsibility does somebody like us in our field of showcasing? Right different places um to travel um are we perpetuating like this idea 
Um, but then also that's something that we cautiously and consciously um, do in our travel films is like showing things in a real authentic like manner um, instead of the glorified come here and take this amazing photo so that you can you know whatever whatever right yeah i mean i totally agree but i just i guess mostly i've it just made me ask like okay what's my part in that Mm -hmm. you know because i think like as conscience conscious is that the word (laughs) as intentional as we are Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do feel like you can always be better you know and i think like if I'm being totally honest, I'm not very cognizant of my actions and um, reactions as as I want to be. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I get lost in the like in my head and like you know don't think about me outside of that. So I guess it just made me really question like, should I or could I be doing something better? Mm-hmm. That's really it. Well, I mean, that gave me this idea of for something maybe you can maybe put on a T-shirt or something to remind you Hmm. um, to uh, leave nothing but footprints, (laughs) take nothing but photos. (laughs) I think that's pretty good. Uh, You think so? Yeah. Okay. I'll think about it. Anyways, so then when we left the Grand Canyon, which photos do not do it justice, even the photos I look back on that I took, I'm like, "Eh, it's not quite the same. Like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really is a very magical place. Um, but we went to this place called Arizona, which is just like 30 minutes outside of Flagstaff. And it's a wildlife reserve where like animals live who can't survive in the wild or whatever. And you drive through and see they had wolves and bison and all kinds of things. Reindeer. Um, but mostly they had bears. Yes. And I love bears. <laughs> bears are my favorite animal, if you didn't know. Specifically polar bear, but then a grizzly bear is close second. And um, we just got to drive through and watch the bears taking baths in the lake and sleeping on top of rocks. And it was just so cute. Very cute. It was a highlight for sure. Yeah. So then from uh, Grand Canyon, Arizona, we drove to L.A. Mm-hmm. And we spent uh, two days-ish in L.A. And the first thing that we did was we went to the Getty Museum. Um, By far my favorite part of the trip, Um, the Getty uh, had... Man, you could not stop filming. I couldn't. (laughs) How could you not? That building... It's so beautiful. The the, the whole grounds, just the gardens, the building, the gardens uh, framing the building, the (laughs) building framing the gardens, everything. (laughs) yeah it was so good i mean the art in inside adequate great it was more than adequate adequate. (laughs) the art inside was worth seeing yeah but i mean for me the building itself was the art it was the reason for going it was the reason for staying yeah uh it yeah it really was your favorite thing i think it was so good it really was the tile how much tile was it uh i do cannot fourteen thousand tons or something like that yeah off the top of my head um i say i say it in the video whenever that comes out okay it was fresh but (laughs) but it was all of the tile used to build the getty was imported from italy Mm -hmm. and you could tell and it's just like all white and thousands of tons it was so pretty yeah um i did so i had never been to la before and i had a um cynical view of la Mm -hmm. and i would say i maintain a less cynical view you used to be capital c cynical now you're just lowercase c cynical yeah so i can see the appeal one um you know you hear people talk about the weather but you can't really like you know until you're there and you feel how southern california is a magical place. i'm pretty sure humans were designed to live (laughs) in that weather (laughs) yeah i mean you could like if you took us down to our our bare essentials to our nakedness, <laughs> you could live there and be. Yeah, it I was mean, wonderful. It was the yeah. I could see why you would live in that crappy of a city mm-hmm. to have that weather. Yeah. Um, secondly, 
there were parts of the city mm-hmm. like Venice um, and things like that that were way more appealing to me of like, if this was affordable, mm-hmm. I could see why I could see living here. I could see why other people live here. I can see why it's desirable. Um, it's the thing that like always uh, I would, the reason I always had a cynical view of LA was just the traffic, the driving, the highways It's just such sprawl. And in no way do I want that to be a part of my daily life. But then just being there, you're like, well, I mean, depending on where you choose to live and where you choose to work, that, doesn't okay. have to be part of your daily life. You right. can just live in that part of the city. You can basically live in a city that's in a city. A city in a city, yeah. Um, and you don't really have to deal with that, but you have access to it anytime you want. Um, so barring that I am making significantly more money, mm-hmm. um, I could I could live there. Um, yeah. But I mean, I still don't have like a major desire to live there. But right. I have... I would say before in just my perception, I was like, H E double hockey sticks, no. <laughs> Remember the nineties? I do. <laughs> yeah, I think I see the appeal of LA. I'm still not quite ready to say I will entertain this idea, but I can see the appeal. Yeah. Because before I was like, H E double hockey sticks, no. And now I'm just like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we spent a couple of days in Ventura, which is yep. an hour outside of LA. So I lied earlier. The drive from LA to Ventura was actually our smallest drive. It was one hour. Yeah, but I don't really, I don't really count it because it's only an hour. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we have some friends who live in Ventura, so that's why we were there. And yeah. It's so just our like friends, a small. Yeah, Kyle and Cece, they own a co-working space there, so they invited us. One, we were going there in general, but they invited us while we were there mm-hmm. uh, to host a podcasting workshop, um, and we did that. Yeah, it was. Fun. Um, it was super fun. There was like I was terrified 15-ish the whole time. Ish but... people there. Yeah. Um. So that was awesome. Um. If you're listening to this and you were there, thanks for coming. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you weren't there, thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> so that was really good. But then Ventura was yeah. really, really cute. I really like Ventura. I've been there once before, a couple of years ago. And you don't have to brag about it. <laughs> I'm just saying every time. She didn't invite me last time. I didn't actually. I was like, for my birthday, can I go to LA and Ventura with my friend and not you? <laughs> Anyways, I really like Ventura. It's just, you know, a small beach town, though we cannot talk it up too much because yeah, they don't want they it. don't want any, too many people to move there and it become, you know, a problem. <laughs> but I, I, well, I was there. I de- definitely thought about like, it, you know, living there. Um, I, as it far has as a like, great vibe. I was, I was basically, I never considered moving there. Because it's only a town of 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. But then while I was there, I was uh, not opposed to it. A it small this, beach a, town in California is very different than a small town in the middle of yes. the country. You yeah. Know? So it just has like a good vibe. And there's really great little beach towns all around it that are like 15 to 20 minutes away that have like cute coffee shops and delicious vegan food. And it was just, it's really fun. I yeah. like that. It was, that place we went surfing yeah you did um so that was the first time i had surfed in a couple of years i Two guess years. um and really hard real hard <laughs> uh I'm, I'm still gonna be a surfer yeah um but it was I, I i uh only got up once unfortunately yeah um but you know progress yeah i i um I, just don't it, quit. Yeah, it was a practice sesh. Mm-hmm. You're just building up my skills. <laughs> um, yeah. It was super fun. Um, also, just the vibe of Southern California, small beach town. I was like, I think I'm made for this. Yeah. I'm not ruling out California as a future option to live. It's just weird because I don't want to live in any of the major cities in California. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what that would look like for us, you know? Yeah. Um, also, I don't... I, it's hard to say, like, what I would do there for a work. Um, because, I mean, I get you can still... Obviously, we still podcast. But, like, as far as, like, making videos, you can only make so many, like, specific, like, yeah. travel-type videos 
in a you know, place, a like, place that. like that. Um, but the, I guess the appeal would be that your cost of living is significantly lower. So then you can do a lot more traveling. Um, and yeah. you just do that. Um, but like that, those were like some things I was doing over of like mm-hmm. living there. But then also like I would have such easy access to LA for yeah. like all sorts of like connections and jobs and like right. um, things like that. Yeah, and, there's definitely some like pros I feel like to living in a beach town in California that I never w- would have really like entertained. Yeah. Because I've always been of the opinion that you should live in a like I wanted to live in a, a bigger city, mm-hmm. but I do think California has a nice draw to it. We'll see. Yeah, I was never, never even like, never had any draw for California. But now, now spending uh, a little more time there. Yeah, we were in California for ten days, I think, mm-hmm. nine days, a long time. It was pretty awesome. Um, so uh, as we, the very, very, very best part mm-hmm. of California, holy cow yeah well first the the drive well first we visited solvang and i just want to oh yeah i totally forgot i just want to like we don't have to talk about it okay i take everything back i'm gonna say it again in a minute (laughs) right after aventura we drove it's like an hour hour more uh to a little dutch town yeah it's like a denmarkian village yeah there's like six thousand people that live there but over a million people visit it every year because it's like 18 or 1900s Dutch architecture. So like windmills and clogs and like, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of vibe. And it's just like a Dutch town. And there's like Dutch, official Dutch bakeries. And it's just really, it's cute. And it was founded by actual people from Denmark, not like some, uh, you know, uh, American capitalists. They were like, oh, I know how we can make some money. Yeah, no, it's like legit. I mean, three it's, Dutch immigrants. It's, probably, it's turned into a bit of that. A little bit. Now, but yeah. it was actually founded and started from some some Dutch peoples. Dutch immigrants and, who wanted to, that yeah. was their whole purpose was to build a Dutch town in their new home. Yeah. So that's and what it was, did. we were there for two days uh, almost, and it was really fun. Yeah, it was so Highly cute. recommend checking it out. Yeah. It was, yeah, everything that you would expect from it. Mm-hmm. And more. <laughs> um, so then, now, the best part of california yeah holy cow balls yeah the drive from ventura solvang um to san francisco on the one yeah up the coast was the most beautiful nature i mean i i think i've ever seen yeah i i think so like i think i have not seen i mean iceland is maybe uncomparable but incomparable comparable Uh, i don't know i'm losing my words anyways iceland absolutely beautiful i've been to south africa that was also at the time the most beautiful nature i had ever seen in south africa probably still beats it but southern california coast is uh just happened um so it's fresh on my mind and i'm like yeah that was way better but actually it may have not been um but oh man I'm just, it has to at least uh, top three at least. <laughs> it it was so beautiful. Big Sur was unlike anything I expected it to be. Um, but then even just like just driving the coast, like outside of Big yeah. Sur. I mean, just literally just driving the one up and 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 taking every single um viewpoint or whatever mm-hmm. the signs say vantage point. Um, yeah. and just going and seeing what's there was so beautiful the water was so aqua Mm -hmm. the trees and the grass and the foliage was so green with different shades and wildflowers all up and down the coast it was very aesthetic (laughs) i mean it's something it was really beautiful i think i didn't expect it i had high expectations and it's it surpassed those oh yeah i mean Definitely one of the best things we've done in our life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we made it to San Francisco, and we saw the Golden Gate Bridge. We didn't spend any time in San Francisco. We literally just stopped, saw the bridge, and then kept driving. Um, the bridge was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we drove 
just north of San Francisco is the John Muir Woods and John Muir Beach and John Muir Vantage Point thing. Mm-hmm. We didn't go in the woods. I mean, we kind of were driving through it, but we didn't hike it at all. But the that area right there. The beach the, outlook. The beach outlook, the view was so beautiful. Blew my mind. Yes. I mean, highly, highly recommend. But then when you're done with that, I do not recommend really the the drive on the one from San Francisco to uh wherever to wherever um we went straight to Oregon so well the yeah so basically the the California coast drive from LA to San Francisco 100% 10 out of 10 worth Recommend, it yes the California coast drive the California coast drive from San Francisco up to yeah. Oregon um glad we did it so that we have almost driven the entire california coast all we have to do is go san diego to la now um but as far as quality of view and difficulty of drive right um i don't know if it was worth it right and it maybe it'd be different if we didn't have the trailer like i no, but the view though. And no, the view was not great. It was not but I'm great, just saying... and it, the drive was so difficult. I mean, it was just wa- so so windy, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, if like I, I felt, you know, the L.A. to San Francisco, there was a lot of that too. But the view was so amazing. It was like this is worth getting to every view. Versus it, the northern part of it. It was like there wasn't very many stop, like vantage point stops things. Right. And even the ones that we stopped at were, meh. I mean, beautiful, but we're not in the same realm. Right. As uh, south of San Francisco. Except, well, I don't remember where this was actually. Was it north of San Francisco or in between there where the elephant seals were? It was right before Big Sur. Okay. So right before Big Sur also... But which adds adds bonus points <laughs> to the coastal drive of yeah. Southern California. There was this thing, the sign, it said uh, elephant seals viewpoint. We're like, okay, we'll mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. It blew my mind. There was like hundreds of elephant seals. Yeah, it's like this beach that they've been coming to forever, pretty much. So they like blocked off the beach. You can't go down there because they, they go onto the beach to molt. I guess. Molten mate. Yeah. And um, there were so many of them just sleeping out there. But here's the thing that I didn't really know about elephant seals. Um, The boys are so ugly. Their nose thing, they like make weird noises. But have you looked at them through a female elephant seal's eyes though? No. I mean, they would look at the nose on that But like a female elephant seal just looks like a regular seal, but bigger. Females can get up to 1,800 pounds, and the male elephant seals get up to like 6,000 or 5,000, something like that. Can neither con- confirm nor deny. I, I read remember. the sign. Well, I read it too, but I, I don't know. I think it's 5,000. Yeah. Wild to think about. That is a lot of blubber, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I don't understand about seals now, watching them. So they were all up on the beach sleeping. And then when they wake up, they have to like maneuver to the beach, to the water. Flounder. Yeah. uh, But they can't walk on their fins. So they're just like, they like, it's like they have no front legs and they're just like bouncing, bouncing, but they're so heavy that they could only bounce like maybe two or three times before they had to take a break and they'd lay there like just defeated (laughs) for like a minute. And then they'd take two or three more bounces and then like fall over and it took him like five minutes to get to the water. <laughs> and I was like, what in nature makes an animal come up on land that they can't really maneuver on to like sleep and molt and whatever? Mm-hmm. And like, it just seems like so much work. <laughs> I, it was weird to watch. It was. But it was really cool. It was, like, watched- it was like nature's Netflix and chill. Yeah. Molten mate. You know? Yes. Hey, girl, you want a molten mate? Oh, we did watch a couple of the boys fighting, though. Oh, yeah. And that was crazy. They were making each other bleed. Mm-hmm. They were literally biting each tusks. other. 
So it was really fascinating to, I don't think I ever really thought that much about elephant seals. It's just so insane to be that close to real nature. Yeah. The only time you're ever that, uh, the only time I've ever been that close to real nature is, uh, well, the only time I've been that close to animals right. is in preserve slash zoo environments, right. which are- it, Not even it's, close to the same. It's not even close to the same. Like it's cool to see the animals, but to see like a real life beach where these are real life elephant seals doing- Living in the ocean. Regular things that are not being fed by humans, not being yeah. trained, not being even like, uh, you know, touched by humans. It's, you, you just get to like see it mm-hmm. was so awesome. It was really cool. So, but I fly yourself my to LA and drive up the coast. Yes, it's a hundred percent worth it. Or fly to San Francisco and drive down the coast. Whichever. Just one way. It's, which way do you do? You like looking left or do you like looking right? Because <laughs> the coast is going to be on the same side the whole way. So you know, yeah. If you're driving, definitely fly to LA and go to San Francisco because then your window is going to be the ocean, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to look across the car to see the view. Yeah. Um. So. From there, from so from uh, where were we? We were driving up the the coast. Mm-hmm. Did we stop anywhere? The redwoods. Oh yes, that's what it was. <laughs> the uh, one of the other uh, American highlights. marvels and highlights of the trip, and most beautiful nature scene added to the list of yeah. the redwood forest. I first of all sang that song for I don't know how many days. Yes, but then. Just seeing all of those trees was just, I, I mean, I don't even know. It, it was so pretty. How do you, you can't even just, like, yeah, you're going there to see some trees, but you don't even think about, you've never even seen a tree until you've seen a redwood. Yeah. And they're like thousands of years old, which it's just insane. blows my mind. And the majority of them are over 300 feet tall, which also blows my mind. It's just a something I like I've never experienced anything like it. It it makes you it really show like you are so small. Yes. So small. Like you, whenever you're taking photos of the redwoods, it's like, dang, those trees are big. But then like if somebody walks in front of you and you take a photo with a person you're like, in the oh. redwoods, you're like, Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. It was absolutely mind blowing. But the other thing is like there was something in the redwoods that I my body did not like. I got like within an hour, my throat it like hurt to swallow, and like I couldn't breathe very well. There was something in the redwoods that I think it was just overwhelmed with beauty. Mm, yeah, you were just like gonna take it. It was really hard. It it kind of hurt a little bit, but absolutely worth it. Like if we had stayed longer, I probably would have had to take some sort of medicine or something. But I didn't need to neti pot yeah um yeah 10 out of 10 saw some elk oh yeah like real life yeah close elk yeah that which was exciting but also not that exciting because basically they're big deer and we've seen deer our whole life (laughs) and so you're like hey look it's a bigger deer with like different horns yeah but prettier fur no offense to deer it was great to see the elk but it's nothing like seeing an elephant seal yeah completely different but I've also been landlocked like for most of my life with no marine yep. uh, life around me. So very different. Uh, maybe other people. It's it's like um, whenever you see a Chinese tourist this marveling over squirrels. Yeah, I don't even know if there, there has to be squirrels in China. But for some reason, when you see Chinese tourists, they love the squirrels. Yeah, they I mean, really I get do. it. The Grand Canyon squirrel was pretty awesome, <laughs> but like. It is funny though, like something that you just see every single day in your backyard. Somebody else is like, "Whoa, Mm -hmm. what is this thing?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then from the redwoods, we continued up the coast, and then uh, on our way to Portland. And now we have arrived. Where we have moved into our apartment. We have been setting it up, um, and we are currently in basically in process of designing and building out the new apartment while filming everything and getting um, new furniture in. We have most of our furniture. Yeah. We have uh, some more furniture coming tomorrow. We have a few more things we need to go purchase and then hang things on the walls, but we're getting very close to being done. And I'm really excited about it because 
I think it already looks pretty awesome. I'm Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good space. I'm also really excited about some of this new furniture we got. Um Yeah. It's uh like the first like real quality adult furniture. I would call it the first adult couch we've had. Yeah. Um, I held out for as long as I could. <laughs> yeah. We we've had we've all we've loved all of our couches that we've had. Well, my grandma's hand me downs when we first got married, I didn't love. Um, but other than that, yeah, we have loved all the couches we've had before. But they've all been like kind of budget um, couches, and they looked, you know, great and yeah, whatever. We we very much enjoyed them, but they were still like IKEA couches. So yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's great design, but. It is uh, commodified. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got a little more specialty. Like I'm, I've, there was a feather poking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's if that ain't a doll. I don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk way more about um, interior design and uh, yeah. layout and furniture and things like that in future videos. I don't know if we'll do a podcast about it, but there's definitely a huge video series coming up um, within the next months. Um, of just designing this space and brand new apartment tour. Yeah. So, and then obviously the rest of the road trip videos. Yeah. The rest of the road trip videos are going to continue to go out as I get them edited. I have no schedule, um, because I'm just like editing, editing them and publishing them. Yeah. Um, so just kind of doing what we can when we can while we're settling into a new place. So Washington DC is out now um and the next one will be nashville mm-hmm. and you can uh I, you can confirm that guy's accent you know you can confirm how amazing my southern accent is <laughs> my impression um yeah so, yeah uh thank you guys for listening to this episode of deeply curious um, glad to be back we are uh it feels good to like actually be filming and editing and like doing this type of stuff um vacation was amazing but i'm glad to be like kind of getting back in the flow and uh, i was wondering if i was ever going to want to do this like because there was like a a few weeks in there that Mm -hmm. i was like i don't care about doing anything Mm -hmm. like i don't want to film i don't want to edit i don't want to do anything and i was kind of like i wonder if i'm like is it ever gonna come back is it ever gonna come back and then like it started it started to come back where i was like man yeah i want to get like get started doing some stuff some inspiration came yeah so thank you guys for listening thank you guys for being a part of the jensen av club if you are not a part of it and you'd love to learn more about the uh exclusive content deeper access that you can get um head over to jensen av dot club or the link is in the show notes um or in the description um Thank you guys again for listening. We really appreciate you guys joining us on this journey. Um, let us know what you what you think by tweeting at us at Deeply Curious FM or uh, on our personals, um, Cody Jensen, Sarah Jensen. I think they both have underscores. Don't know. Links are in the description. Um, <laughs> just search it. You We're know, such put that thing marketers. down, flip it, and search it. Um, yeah, we'll see, see you next week. Next week.